0: Bo Levi Mitchell is a simple man. (laughs) That's literally my entire commentary. (laughs) I
1: know it uh, back in our Uh, special 400th episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris, we had a very detailed um, preview of the National Hockey League, the 2019-2020 season, but I forgot one thing. And I wish we still had Sean on the phone, but we don't. But uh, this is the joke of the day. (laughs) Get ready for this. Brad Free Living. He is the general manager of the Calgary Flames. Brad Free Living, just so you know, And if you're like Chris and I, we really don't care. But he got a contract extension this weekend, or this week in Calgary. He is entering his sixth season as the general manager of the Calgary Flames. And guess what his record is under his watch? Well, you don't know, but I didn't know either. This is probably why. 212 wins, 163 losses, and 35 ties as the general manager of the Calgary Flames with three playoff appearances, and all three playoff appearances, only one got beyond the first round. Want to why? Want know why Chris and I have no confidence in the Calgary Flames? Well, there's the reason. Great during the regular season, obsolete during the playoffs, as we welcome you to this 402nd episode of Unscripted. Um, a lot of things to talk about. I'm going to kind of... Uh, cut and paste with a lot of different things going on here i want to start um i wrote a blog this week uh, that chris was kind enough to put up on our patreon page and our uh, website page unscriptedmc.com. mc.com um, but it was about some suspensions that were making news this week in the wonderful and wacky world of sports the big name ticket item was Vonte's perfect who got suspended for the rest of the season after his hit on Indianapolis tight end Jack... What was it? Jack... What was Jack's name? I can't remember right up Oh, Jack Doyle. It. Yeah, thanks. Jack Doyle was the tight end in question. Burfect will face a... Uh, he is appealing, and he he faces the appeal board on Thursday of this week to see what they will do. But as it stands right now, Burfect is looking at a 12-game suspension, which will be, if... If it is upheld, he will be. That will be the biggest uh, given suspension for an on-field incident in the history of the National Football League. And what I get, you know, uh, what I'm having a problem with most. We knew that Vantes Burfict would be. Obviously, they're going to be watching him like a fine-tooth comb. And some people out there, as I mentioned in the blog, some people like the Sports Center anchor. Scott Von Pelt didn't think that it was warranted. The the reason I think that he got the year-long suspension was for twofold. First of all, he's been suspended 13 times. (laughs) 13 times in seven years as a member of the Cincinnati Bengals. Now this will be the 14th time, depending, of course, of what happens at his appeal hearing next Thursday. But this potentially could be the 14th time that Burfecht will have been suspended. There's a pattern there. And when he runs off the field after getting thrown out of last Sunday's game against the Indianapolis Colts, and the way he ran off the field by blowing kisses and smiling at the Indianapolis Colts fans, I thought was very disrespectful, especially to the tight end of Indianapolis, the Colts organization, the Raiders organization, and the NFL in general. And if this suspension gets overturned, I'm going to have a real problem with this because I think Berfic is almost laughing at the league. He likes this criminal persona that he has, and I think that this bad boy suspension should be upheld. Now, maybe it'll get adjusted to maybe six games to something, but if this were to get totally thrown off the books, that's the wrong message because, like I said, there's a pattern here. This isn't a first-time offense. What I'm getting to and where I'm also having a problem is a guy that did uh, and had a first-time offense. And this is a little, this is a golfer on a small tour. It's not the PGA Tour in the States. It's not the European Tour. This is the Korean Tour. But this guy, his name is Bio Kim, leading money winner on the Korean PGA Tour. He was playing in a tournament last week in South Korea, a tournament he ultimately won. But after the tournament was concluded, and after the PGA—excuse me—the Korean PGA Tour officials took a look at the tape. They decided that they were going to suspend this guy for three years. He cannot play on the Korean Tour for three years. This guy is the leading money winner on the Korean Tour again. As I just mentioned, he had won that week's event. I don't remember the name of it. Doesn't matter. Read my blog. It was in there, um, but. I'm sitting here going, he got three years. What happened is on the 16th hole, he's in the middle of his, of, his, of his swing, and on the downswing, a cell phone camera goes off. And that freaked him out, and it obviously affected his shot. He uh, hit it about 100 yards, and he went nuts. He flipped off the fan or the guy holding the camera, whatever, and then he, he uh, slammed his driver into the ground. He got three years for flipping off a spectator? Think about this. What would Vontaze Burfik get if he played professional golf in Korea? And I use the example here. Tiger Woods has been swearing like a drunken sailor on golf courses, and he's been slamming clubs on golf courses for 20-plus years, and he hasn't been suspended once. I think this guy should look about into playing on the PGA Tour. He should be thinking about that right now. He would fit right in. As we bring in the executive producer of Unscripted, I just I just think it's preposterous that a guy in this day and age, you know, maybe he gets suspended for three weeks on the Korean PGA Tour, but three years? And Chris brought up a great point. When Chris commented on my blog after he po- after he posted it, there are still some civilizations that obviously are looking for more respect out of their professional athletes. But three years for flipping off a guy whose camera phone went off and then he slammed his driver head into the green or into the, into the, uh, T box folks, you go and watch any U.S. PGA tour event or whatever they're calling the, uh, uh, they used to call it the Hogan tour. I don't know what the hell they're calling it now. The, you know, the minor leagues there, or a Seniors Tour Championship, any of those, they're they're swearing and they're throwing their clubs into the ground all the time and they get nothing. This guy gets three years. I think that's a bit much.
0: Yeah, like I posted as a comment on your blog there. It's it was just, nice too, thanks. Oh, oh, no problem. Yeah, no, it was, it was nice to say all that. The, uh, the, the, you know, look, some of those, especially those... Uh, those Eastern Asian countries, they are very strict. Like you go to Singapore, you litter, you get caned basically. And right. You know, remember the old uh, thing with the the American 25 years ago. Well, yeah. So look, it's, uh, I appreciate that there are some good things about that, but I think they're taking it too far. Suspending the guy for three years in what I assume is his prime. And as the leading money leader, that's just, you know, it's so unfair to him and the fans and everything. And that was such a minor thing. Really. I know to them, that's a big deal flipping off somebody but uh, you know he was right the the person shouldn't have had their phone going off when you're at a in a golf crowd there so uh yeah totally ridiculous uh, on all counts and perfect yeah for once the he's so over the top that the NFL did the right thing yeah like that's that that's how bad it is great point right so I mean what are you going to say about him but hopefully hopefully Kim just comes and plays for the regular PGA and and uh, can be done with it. He's not even appealing the suspension. Correct. You know, it's just, he just knows that's how he's used to it. To him, that's just how life is. That's how society is. So for us, it seems crazy, but uh, for him, yeah, it's just par for the course.
1: Um, we don't talk a lot about Major League Baseball on this program by choice, but we are now into the postseason. So there's a little bit more interest. Um, had to mention it though. I mean, Jesus, there are what, eight teams left? Four in each. Um, the Dodgers for the fourth, in my belief, the Dodgers, who are now in a 1 1 tie with the Washington Nationals, and how long can the Nationals keep riding uh, Max Scherzer and uh, Steven Spr- Strasberg? They both pitched in the wild card game against Milwaukee on Tuesday. Now they both pitched last night in leading the Nationals to a split in Los Angeles. But ultimately, the Dodgers, I believe, will. For the fourth straight year, will represent the National League in the World Series. And I believe it'll be against the American League's Houston Astros. I know the Yankees won 103 games. The Twins won 101. Well, the Houston Astros won 105. And the Astros' starting pitching starts with Justin Verlander. Their second guy, their number two pitcher, is Garrett Cole, who might be the most wanted free agent as soon as the World Series is over. And their third is Zach Greinke, who has won a Cy Young when he was with the Kansas City Royals way back when. Their pitching is just too much for everyone else. And I believe there'll be a rematch in the World Series from two years ago, LA Dodgers, Houston Astros, which the Astros won in seven, but I believe this time they will win in six. But what I'm getting at here is something that just will never go away. And we have to be so politically correct these days, it almost makes me barf. I'm getting so goddamn sick of this. There is a guy that's playing in and, and the series right now between the Atlanta Braves and the St. Louis Cardinals. If you remember when the Braves were winning about 20 division championships in a row in the 90s into the early 2000s, surprisingly though, all all the division championships that they won with the great pitching of... Tom Glavin, uh, Greg Maddox, and John Smoltz, they only won one championship. They won the 1995 World Series. All those great pitchers, Chipper Jones, you know them all, that they had. Bobby Cox was the manager. But they did that tomahawk chop thing. Na, 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 na You know, and it gets annoying after a while, but it's synonymous with Atlanta, the Braves. You know, they did it during that those great 14 years that they won Uh, division championships in a row, now they're playing the Cardinals and there's a guy in the Cardinals bitching about it. His name is Ryan Helsley. He's a member of the Cherokee Nation. Surprise, surprise, he's bitching about it. Who just happens to be a reliever for the St. Louis Cardinals says that the tomahawk chop that Braves fans use in their own stadium is disrespectful to Native Americans and the misconceptions people have about Native American people. Well, let me tell you something, folks. I got to tell you something. I am tired of this beyond belief. People still believe that they should change the nickname of the Washington Redskins. People believe that they should be changing the name of the Cleveland Indians to something else. The Indians took it one step further a couple of years ago and got rid of their famous masc- mascot, Chief Wahoo, because it's disrespectful to Indians. Well, would you find it disrespectful of here in Canada... On the road, on Trans-Canada Highway 1, they have a sign as you enter the, uh, and I don't know the name of the reservation, I don't care. But when you're on Highway 1 going from west, from Calgary west, and the first city that you hit going west is the famous resort little area called Banff. If you've ever been in Western Canada, you probably have heard of Banff and Lake Louise. Well, they've got a sign there that says, Watch out for drunken Indians. On the highway, walking on a on a high on a federal highway, well, what kind of misconception is that? I think we've got to be so politically correct. You know that here in Canada, if you have even one eighth Indian or Native American can't say Indian someone's going to slap me for that if you have even one percent of Native American blood in your system, all of your education is or seventy five percent of all of your education is paid for everything is paid for. Native Americans don't pay taxes in Canada. What kind of misconception is that? That leaves them more liquor money? I just think that's ridiculous. It's something that happens during a couple of baseball games. And the Atlanta Braves, remember folks, were originally the Boston Braves. And then they were the Milwaukee Braves. And then in 65, they became the Atlanta Braves. If we've got to worry about saying and doing the tomahawk chop... Because we're not being PC enough. Oh, go screw yourself. This is athletics. This is supposed to be fun. And it's something that, it's not disrespectable Indians. They are being respectful of their home team, which happens to be the Atlanta Braves.
0: Yeah, I, I'm just loving how that none of that crap about changing team names, team nicknames ever went anywhere. It's still the Edmonton Eskimos, still right. the Washington Redskins. Yep right still the cleveland indians nothing's changed other than cleveland uh getting rid of the smiling native logo and basically just doing Chief yahoo yeah yeah chief yahoo yeah that just using that c other than that uh which is whatever i'm fine with that because really if you think about that 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 logo well classic is is kind of
1: ridiculous (laughs) like and they got rid of it but you know yeah,
0: yeah whatever but i mean still i i I like that they didn't change the name, the Cleveland Correct. Indians, Correct. which is good. And, and uh, you haven't heard anything about any of that for a while. And I love that. So uh, that's what I'm happy about is that, yeah, and look, people at the Atlanta Braves or the Kansas City Chiefs, they'll still do the tomahawk chop. It's it's just having fun, right? So uh, yeah, I, I love how that stuff has completely fallen on its face and you haven't heard anything about it lately.
1: And you know what? If the Atlanta Braves weren't in the playoffs, we wouldn't have heard anything about it this week either um i just think it's ridiculous for a couple of hours for a couple of days atlanta probably i think probably atlanta can get past st louis but atlanta's not going to the world series they don't have enough depth to compete with the houston's and uh, uh well they, they the dodgers in the national league but then if they were to get past the dodgers they don't have enough to compete with the yankees or the Houston Astros from the American League. So for a couple of days, allow it, and it'll just go away. I just think it's preposterous that we always have to have some comment on it. It's just silly and ridiculous. Another thing for me that's silly and ridiculous, and I can't wait to see what Chris has to say about this, because I find this stupid. Chris's favorite sports organization happens to be the NCAA, the National (laughs) Communists Against Athletes. The president of the National Communists Against Athletes made a comment this week about the new pay-for-play legislation that was just passed in California, which is supposed to be enacted by the year 2023. Emmert comes out and says that this bill turns NCAA athletes into, and I quote, employees. Well, here's the problem, Emmert. And I've also heard Gene Smith, the athletics director at Ohio State, bitch about this. I've heard Barry Alvarez at the University of Wisconsin, athletic director, bitch about this. They're concerned about this new pay-for-play legislation. Well, here's the problem, guys, In in my mind, and I'm putting a very simplistic, I'm putting a crayon spin on this. If you guys would have thought about compensating your athletes correctly years ago, This would have never come into the landscape. We never would have heard about this, and the California governor, Gavin Newsom, wouldn't have signed it into law if you guys would have gotten off your dead asses and done something about this years ago. I've said this for years. There aren't 120,000 people, and it happened this Saturday, 120,000 people or whatever it is, in Michigan Stadium to watch Michigan take on Iowa. Are they there to watch Jim Harbaugh and the khaki boy? Hell no. They're there to watch Shea Patterson. They're there to watch the quarterback from Iowa. They're there to watch the athletes. And what are the athletes getting out of this? Barry Alvarez came out this week and said, well, our athletes get compensated. They get room and board and books and tuition, and then they get a bit of a stipend. Well, Barry, it's about $130 a weekend. How in the hell are you supposed to feed... A 310pound offensive lineman on 130 dollars a weekend. Or well, how is he supposed to have how is he supposed to have a social life? You know, they are supposed to you know, and, and remember this folks, this is what really a lot of people forget sometimes, to play at big-time college athletics, you have to maintain a 2.5 grade point average. That's a C. That's the basic. If you're under 2.5, you're supposed to be academically ineligible. So how is a big-time college athlete supposed to have a social life while he's supposedly going to class and still going to football practice and all the commitments of being a football player or a basketball player at these big-time institutions and all these kids do is give these universities basically the right to print money. And if these athletic directors had collectively sat down on their big fat asses years ago and thought about a way to compensate and rightly compensate their athletes then we wouldn't be having this conversation at all. If you guys had shown some initiative five years ago, this would not be in our vernacular today.
0: It's amazing they're against this, really, because, I mean, they refuse to pay the college athletes out of their own pockets, which is what they should be doing. And the fact that they're not, but now, all of a sudden... There uh, seems to be tons, I'm sure there's tons of appetite from private companies who want to advertise or sponsor these guys, they're going to pay the athletes for you and you have a problem with it. Do you just hate the college athletes like it, it really doesn't make much sense other than just being comfortable with the status quo and not wanting everything to ever change. Uh, like if someone if I didn't want to pay somebody and someone else came and said oh well we'll pay them for you yeah. how is that a problem I hallelujah. mean hallelujah holy crap this is unbelievable these stupid old men at the NCAA uh, they're just I've never been less impressed with an organization in my life and for me that's really really saying something and, and it's and it's really disgusting and the fact that you've seen just tons and tons of states one after the other nevada now and a bunch of other ones are all you know clearly going to pass this legislation this legislation eventually all 50 states are going to pass it is what i'm hearing and you know and the fact is that on top of everything else i've said then they're also some of these guys it's like they don't see the writing on the wall it's like they don't understand they're like they're going to come out and take a stand and people are going to side with them why would anybody side with you you like you give you give nobody any reason to side with you because your your position doesn't make any sense you're just you just hate your athletes like it's that there's no other explanation for it you literally just loathe them you just resent them you're just disgusted by them but this sure shows that it's not like there was ever any chance of these people anyway who knows about people 50 years in the future but these group of old men this group of old men obviously they were, they were never gonna make any changes because they're getting dragged kicking and screaming into letting someone else pay the athletes and they're having trouble with it this is just a shocking disgusting story politicians for once are doing the right thing and these athletes are going to be getting paid in all 50 states fairly soon in my opinion and uh, the NCAA I know I've heard people like Richard Sherman saying that they hope this just ruins the NCAA I would love to see that I would love to see the NCAA just somehow I don't know how it would happen but just see them completely collapse and have us have to come up with a new organization that did things correctly from the ground up had an act like they literally don't do anything well like we don't even have an actual proper championship we have you know voting for 14 like it's just i can't even discuss it it's popularity it's unbelievable and uh, it, it really does need to be destroyed and redone from the ground
1: up and i'd love to see that you know the funny thing to me is these guys that are complaining you've heard about me talk about gene smith again athletics director at ohio state barry alvarez athletic directors athletics director at the university of wisconsin mark emmert president of the ncaa all these guys are outspoken because you know what they may have to do something, and that scares the shit out of them. They may have to get off their collective fat asses and do something, uh, but I don't see why they would be worried about this. Let the uh, guys that want to advertise, let them pay for it. I mean, that just seems to me, I'm an idiot, but i just it seems to me to be win-win. I really do. I don't know what the problem is. Maybe it's they're just embarrassed. Because as Chris just mentioned, the government's doing something right and the athletic directors are probably going to have to get off their fat asses and do something. Um, that one just gets me pumped up because I just, you know, these college athletes, yes, they get a lot of perks. They get room and board and they get their books and tuition and all this other stuff. But again, folks, um, the money especially from the football and men's basketball programs, the money that they bring in is astronomical. Astronomical. And I just think this is, there's, they should have looked into this years ago as a, you know, give, you know, have it kind of set up like the National Football League. Have a collective bargaining agreement with the college athletes. They get a piece of the pie. If they'd have thought about this years ago, we wouldn't be talking about it now, in my humble opinion. CFL. We've forgotten about the CFL because the National Football League started, and uh, the CFL is a good game. I like the game. Um, we really haven't talked about the CFL since the fiasco with the Winnipeg field during week three of the exhibition season in the NFL. The game that was played between the pa- or the half game that was played, or the eighty-yard field that was played between the Green Bay Packers and the uh, Oakland Raiders at IG Investors Field in Winnipeg back in August, I guess. But uh, a CFL guy made some news this week. You've heard Chris and I talk about uh, Kirk Cousins and um, the $84 million mistake that um, Ziggy Wilf and his son made, in my opinion, in regard to guaranteeing the whole amount of $84 million for a guy that uh, is, quote-unquote, the ultimate game manager. He is not going to win a game single-handedly. He doesn't have the skills to do that. Um, You heard recently about the complaints from their two high-priced wide receivers in Minneapolis, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, about lack of opportunities that they're getting because Minnesota doesn't trust their quarterback, and they're obviously they're connected at the hip with him because even if they cut him tomorrow, he still they owe him the whole total of eighty-four million dollars, which is ridiculous. And don't blame Mike Zimmer, don't blame the offensive coordinator John Filippo blame the the Ziggy Wilf and his son for committing eighty-four million dollars to this putz. Well, last year there. How do I start this? Um, the quarterback for the Calgary Stampeders in the CFL, Bo Leva Mitchell, the most successful CFL quarterback right now statistically in the history of the game. In regard to the games that he has started and the games that he has won in his career here in Canada, he's been very, very good. There's no question about it. He doesn't play well in Grey Cup games, but ultimately he has quarterbacked two uh Grey cup winning teams here in calgary he's two and two one two lost two he had one opportunity last year as he was a free agent he had one opportunity last year and that was a tryout with the minnesota vikings Ugh. obviously according to bo levi mitchell from east texas somewhere i don't know where the fuck he's from i know he's from east texas i don't know what college probably some community college um not a fan of bo levi if you can tell bo levi mitchell says The Vikings, during his tryout last year, and again, it was the only team that contacted Bo Levi-Mitchell who's been in four Grey Cup games. I mean, Doug Flutie's made a a transition down to the NFL uh, from Canada. There have been some others. Jeff Garcia comes to mind. Dieter Brock, if you go back far enough with Winnipeg, he made a successful transition with the Los Angeles Rams back when the Rams were out in Anaheim, and Eric Dickerson was the running back. There have been a few that have made a transition from the CFL game to the NFL game. But Bo Levi Mitchell felt that he should have been that next guy. He says the Vikings feared his goal was to take Kirk Cousins' job during his offseason tryout with the NFL club. Now, I don't think Bo Levi is the sharpest knife in a drawer. Anybody that goes by three names is an idiot in my concern, especially when the first one is Bo. And it's spelled B-O, not B-O-W, Bo. Um, Bo felt that he should have been given the uh, opportunity to be the man in Minnesota. Bo, how in the hell are you going to be the man in Minnesota when you have committed $84 million to the man right now in Minnesota, which is Kirk Cousins? Minnesota was was under the impression that you knew And maybe Rick Spielman, the general manager in Minnesota, needed to make their plan a little bit more, you know, crystal clear for Bo Levi. But Bo Levi is coming down to try to win the backup job. That should be, you know, whatever. You're not going to commit $84 million and have that $84 million guy sit on the bench so the Minnesota Vikings can start Bo Levi Mitchell from the CFL's Calgary Stampeders. Bo's got an ego, no question about it. And you have to be to quarterback at any professional level. But there is is not a snowball's chance in Phoenix that Bo Levi Mitchell, as long as they had committed the dollars that they had to Kirk Cousins, there was no way in hell that Bo Levi Mitchell was ever going to be number one in the Twin Cities.
0: Bo Levi Mitchell is a simple man. That's literally my entire commentary. Because, yeah, $84 million guaranteed. I'm just going to go in there and I'm going to outplay Kirk Cousins and then they're going to want, and then they're going to pick me and have him set up. <laughs> good, good job. Good job. Good job, Jim Bob. <laughs> no, it's Paul <Boliva. laughs> Yeah, Same
1: thing. <laughs> same fucking thing. Uh, before we get out of here on this 402nd episode, um, I got to, I got to, this is funny. This is, uh, this. I've been trying to relay this. Chris understands it. Chris is a smart guy, but Chris understands it. I'm trying to relay it to you folks that maybe don't know. How popular are the Green Bay Packers? Darren Ravel, who is the Business of Sport columnist for ESPN, he has been on the Packers' season ticket waiting list for 13 years. Okay? He just received his waiting... They do this once a year. He just received his waiting list card from the team late this week, or late last week now as we're broadcasting here on Saturday. He just received his waiting list card from the team late last week, and he is now 53,853rd in line to get season tickets in Green Bay. He has dropped 16,404 spots in his 13 years on the Packers season ticket list. At the current pace, Rowell will receive his Packers season tickets in the year 2065 if he's still around. That's how popular the Green Bay Packers are.
0: They really need to make more seats in the stadium. They have.
1: Originally... I know,
0: but they need to do it again. Sure they do. It's not like they have any... If there's one place that shouldn't have airspace restrictions in the Uh, NFL, it would be Green Bay.
1: When I was born in 64, old Lambeau Field was 53,000. Then they did a big renovation in 2002, and they got it up to... 70-some thousand, and then they did the last renovation in 2011 to get it up to the current seating capacity at Lambeau Field of over 82,000. I think, and I agree wholeheartedly, I really believe that the Packers, with this kind of popularity, if you've got got 53,853 people waiting for season tickets, I think you should probably look at, and this is another way to bring in more revenue to a team that is publicly owned, Bring in another 20,000 seats and get it over 100,000. Get it up to where Jerry's world is in Dallas. Get it up into that hemisphere because it doesn't matter. The Packers sold out during the 29 years of crap from Coach Lombardi to Coach Holmgren. You don't think they'll still sell out now if they've got fifty, almost 54,000 people on the waiting list? I think the Packers need to look at expansion one more time. We've got to run on this 402nd uh, episode of Unscripted. We thank you very much for participating and hope that you continue to do so. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.